The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. From Spirituality and Health magazine, I'm Rabbi Rami, and this is the Spirituality and Health podcast. Our guest today, Morgan Harper Nichols, is an artist, designer, and poet whose work has been featured in such places as Target, Starbucks, Anthropology, Athleta, Harry, Barnes & Noble, TJ Maxx, the list goes on. And her book of poetry, All Along You Were Blooming, made the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. Her new book, Peace is a Practice, An Invitation to Breathe Deep and Find a New Rhythm for Life, is due out in mid-February. Morgan Harper Nichols, welcome to the Spirituality and Health Podcast. Hello, and thank you so much for having me. Well, it is our pleasure. The book was fascinating. And I want to start the way the book starts. I figured if you're, I mean, you're so honest in the book that I, I imagine we can be just as honest on the podcast. So your, your new book opens with this line, for most of my life, I lived with undiagnosed autism. I spent years with a struggle without a name. That last part, living with a struggle without a name, really hit me. How important is it, do you think, to be able to name our struggles? Hmm. You know, I, I think it's very important. And I think that that's why I've always been drawn to words and art, anything that had any way of giving a name to a feeling, an emotion, a struggle, because it's really hard to find find the language for what we're going through. Even sometimes like if someone uses a word, oh, I, I, I'm, even if it's just, oh, I'm sad, or, or if I struggle with this, like even hearing someone else say it, it doesn't always seem to like, oh, well, they don't really get what I'm going through, though. But I think that there are these moments in life where you do feel like someone finally said, yeah, that's what I'm feeling. That, that is what I, that helps me understand what I'm going through. And for me at 31 years old, when I received my diagnosis, that, that was that moment for me when the actual diagnosis was read to me, I just sat there and said, yeah, that's it. That puts a name to a lot of what I've been dealing with. And 
There was a lot of peace in that moment. <laughs> so that that's interesting. So peace comes with the naming. Yeah, it's, yeah. And, and I feel like that's a lot of what I, I tried to write about in this book. This is my first, what I like to call my, my first big girl book. <laughs> Before this, I written like some poetry books, which do take a lot of work. And then I written some devotionals, but nothing on the scale of like, okay, this is like a big girl word count. You really got to, <laughs> you know, get these words down. And I remember, you know, my, my editor telling me this and the first thing she said, I was just like, oh, give me some advice. And it's like, this is a space where you're going to need to define things. She's like, people read books to help them define things. And I remember her saying that and I just sunk. I was like, oh, this is just too much pressure. But I thought about it and I was like, you know what? No, that's actually what I need to do. I need to name these different moments in my life. Like, what was that thing that helped me find a sense of peace? Oh, it was music. It was redefining community. It was deepening my understanding of what love means, of what being a, a new parent means. And it was really hard to like actually put it down and say, yeah, this is what I, I learned because it felt so definitive. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, oh, there's actually a lot of peace in being able to see that on see that story, my own story on the page and see, okay, here's that thing that happened. Here's how I've learned and how I've grown from that. And, and you know, I just hope that in, in these stories, that, that it, it helps inspire others to do the same with their own stories. So I want to play with the idea of naming. Because normally I, I imagine, I mean, when I hear, the, hear you speak this about this, I mean, I think of a word. But I've been spending some time on your website. And, and I encourage people to, to go ahead and do this. It's morganharpernichols.com. And I'm assuming that on the the homepage, the portrait that we're looking at is you. Yes. <laughs> right. And and this is your painting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I knew it was you because I looked up photographs and I thought, oh, yes, that's who she is. So I'm wondering if, when I'm looking at the portrait of you, I'm getting a sense of you naming yourself. Like if you go on my website, there's photographs of me. But that's someone else, in a sense, naming me. But, I mean, I don't paint. I couldn't. I mean, this, your, your work is gorgeous. But Thank you. it looks, I, I guess what I'm asking you is, tell me in what way you get to name yourself when you're doing a self-portrait. Mm, wow, that's such a beautiful question. And, and it's interesting that you asked that because I think that there is something kind of happening beneath the layers that I don't really think I've thought of, of enough about. And that is when you, when I, when I have these moments where I'll, I'll take a photo of myself and, and or I'll take a photo of a lot of different things, including myself. And I'm like, I'm seeing more color or more nuance, like even squiggly lines and things that aren't in the portrait or in the picture itself. Like there's more here, there's more here that, that I want to explore. And that's kind of what leads me to making that piece, which is like this self-portrait of myself that has flowers and bright yellow background, things that weren't actually in like the original reference photo. But what I'm doing there 
is in when one is just kind of six year old me just having fun coloring. <laughs> like a lot of that, a lot of what I make is still that for me. And then there's this other part, this kind of beneath the layers that I don't even, I feel like I'm still looking for the language of, of just giving myself permission to explore this idea that maybe there's more to me than I even see in myself. I don't know if everyone has this experience, but I I know a lot of friends, I've talked to different friends that have had this experience where you look at a photo of yourself, whether you took it or someone else and you don't always like it, you know, and you kind of dismiss it and say, oh, I look, I look, you know, X, Y, and Z, I look too serious or I look whatever it is and we may dismiss it. And I'm one of those people that tends to do that with photos of myself. I did that today actually (laughs) with a new photo and just taking that moment to kind of have this mindful moment with my own portrait of myself. It's like, Oh, if you actually don't just dismiss it right away, there's, there's more here. Like there's the more time I sit there, I can see there's, there's a curiosity and, and a joy. There's a curiosity in, in my eyes, there's there's joy and, and wonder in, in my facial expression that I might not always see if it's just, you know, kind of a photo that I'm like, oh, let me look at that and just, and just move on. So, yeah, I, I appreciate you for, for calling attention to that because I, I do think that in a way that that has kind of been a practice for me that I haven't even realized that I've done when I do take these moments to kind of make these portraits with my, yeah, of myself. <laughs> Yeah, there, there's a deeper naming going on. I mean, I love what you just said about, I mean, first of all, but the little girl you, you know, with the colors and, and all that, but just seeing a, a joy in your eyes that maybe you wouldn't have noticed in the photograph. I mean, you could say, and I'm I'm obviously saying it, that the photograph maybe doesn't have that joy, but mm-hmm. as you yeah. get to name yourself, because it seems to me, and I'm not an artist and, but, you know, a painter at all, but it seems to me that you're, you're doing a self-portrait from the inside out, not like a photograph mm-hmm. from the outside in. And so there is this joy that you know intu- intuitively and intrinsically mm-hmm. in your eyes, just to stick with that example. And yet it comes out as, yeah, look, let me show you this joy in my eyes through my, my brushwork. Yes, Wow. Thank you. I just have to say thank you for <laughs> even saying it that way. I don't, I, I don't think I'd ever really thought about it that much, but you know, I'm just, I know this is a podcast and I'm just nodding my head along because I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly, that's exactly what that process is. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad I was on the right tack with that. So let, let me, let me now switch over and say, oh no, now let me ruin it all. I'm so, you know, I, I've been so brilliant so far. Now let me, let me ruin it. <laughs> Now, I, I have someone in my family who is on, I don't know, they still say the autism spectrum, but he has, he has autism. And he's too young at the moment to ask this question, for me to ask him this question. But how has that defined you, defined you and, and how have you overcome the definition? Yeah, it's multifold in terms of how it kind of ends up coming out of my daily life. But it's one thing that a common thread is is that it, it really causes me to be very present to the moment. 
sometimes in ways I don't want to be, (laughs) I have to really listen to conversations because just kind of the way my brain is, I don't hear a lot of the nuances in conversation and I can't easily tell if someone's being sarcastic or joking with me. So I hear a lot of things very literally. So I have to kind of really pay attention, whether it's just kind of passive, you know, getting coffee in a coffee shop or it's a it's a it's a deep conversation with my sister or, or my husband. I have to have like I have to pay really close attention. And that can get really exhausting. I've I've had experiences where I've I was exhausted and I was tired and I wasn't paying attention as much as I, I maybe could have been and and ended up taking something literally that was supposed to be a joke and just misunderstanding to a degree that, you know, everyone laughed at me or, you know, it can, it can really go that direction, which isn't fun. And at the same time, because I've had to be so present to every little thing, it is what has made me an artist. I have no doubt about that. I have a sensitivity to color and sound and the way words look on a page. That's why I'm so drawn to poetry because it's just it just allows you to just really spend time with where those words are sitting on the page. And all of that, I believe, is informed by me being autistic. So it's twofold always <laughs> at any yeah. given day. It's, it's both of those things at once. So I feel like I, I have to learn how to hold both of them. And that's why I continue to just keep coming back to art because it's just, it allows me to see it visually. It's like, hey, you know that thing you struggle with? Hey, here's a visual representation that there's another side of it. And, you know, don't forget that. So, yeah. And and a lot of your work uses, uh, I don't know what you said, I mean, art, but that doesn't tell us anything. Sort of graphic elements and calligraphy, you know, words. I mean, you, you... that you, I want to make sure the listener gets what I'm saying. You you write the words with the brush. They're part of the yeah. <laughs> they're part of the artwork. It's not like someone typed words on top of there. So the so the calligraphy or the writing is is also part of your your art. So you found a way to to bring these together that yeah. really speaks on multiple levels to mm. the viewer. Thank you. It's it's something that kind of came organically and naturally. I felt like. I've always loved looking at paintings. I I just love looking at them. And I will have moments even just going to a museum where I'm I'm looking at this, especially abstract paintings where like I was just, I'm like, I feel like words could be on here. (laughs) So I'm like, maybe I could try that. So yeah, it was, it was an experiment and and I, I enjoy just kind of playing around with it. And, and I've been pleasantly surprised that other people have connected with it too. So, yeah. You know, one of the things that, that you mentioned, because you, you have a child, right? Yes, yes. He's two years old. Little yes. Jacob. Oh, that's, that's sweet. Um, <laughs> so how does having autism impact you as a mom? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I feel like there's just a lot of pressure parenting in general. And, and a lot of my being a parent has been through global pandemic. <laughs> and... Yeah. Because of that, you know, a lot of kids my son's age have had to deal with like this whole new world of, you know, so many of them didn't get, you know, 
aren't around, you know, as many people as maybe a, you know, a child their age would have been even just a few years ago. So a lot of them are navigating a new world socially, you know, even just not being able to see facial expressions behind a face mask. Like there's so many different nuances that, you know, that are part of like development and learning, you know, kind of how to be in the world that these kids are experiencing in an all new way. And it's interesting because I'm like, oh, that kind of feels like my life (laughs) just in a lot of ways. Like when I'm interacting with people, I also am just like, whoa, socialization. I've got to be really aware of like, it feels like a new thing a lot to me. So in in some ways, you know, I I can, I can connect (laughs) with my son in that way of just me watching him kind of explore the world or, or even just even just at home, like we just had to get so creative at home at just like keeping him busy and nothing's ever enough because I mean, he's two and he's, two. he's, he's already out running us and out jumping us and out screaming us. And I mean, he, I, I'm like, how, where does this high, how does this high pitch scream? Like just for fun, just come out of this tiny body. He's just like, let me just see, like, can I fill the whole neighborhood with sound? Like, is it possible? So <laughs> we can't exactly keep up. But at the same time, it's like, oh, you know what? This is keeping me present to the moment. And 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 how can I, you know, kind of connect with his joy and, and his zeal and energy for life? So, yeah, I guess that's a long way of saying that I, I do feel like these past few years has perhaps made us closer, you know, even than maybe we, we would have been, you know, in other times. So there has been that blessing in it. And I am grateful for that. And yeah, I am learning something new every day. <laughs> Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety grounding and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at sax.com. I appreciate you sh- you're sharing that. I mean, that's, that's personal stuff. And that's, you know, we're supposed to be talking about the book, which I'm going to do right now. But <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, you're so interesting that I, I was just so curious. So let's talk about the book. So the, the title of the book is Peace is a Practice. And so I'm curious... I mean, how do you understand the word peace and how is peace a practice? Yeah. So being somebody who is, who loves words, I tend to connect a lot of words to images. And from a young age, the a famous song, It Is Well With My Soul, talks about peace as a river. And I heard that as a kid and it just kind of stuck with me. <laughs> and as I grew up and, and, learned, you know, deeper, other, more definitions, I still kept coming back to this idea of peace as a river, a constant flow that 
runs through the wild. And that's just an image that I felt like just kept growing and growing in my mind. And the older I got, I just kept coming back to that. And that idea of keep coming back to something is always interesting to me. Like I mentioned earlier, even when I'm painting, I think about, like, I'm very aware while I'm painting. I'm like, kid me loves this. Like, six-year-old me loves this. So I'm very fascinated by things that we just keep coming back to over and over again. And I, I begin to see that theme in my life of pursuing peace as something I come back to over and over again. And just going a layer deeper, it's like, oh, what's something else that we keep coming back to over and over again? Well, we have to keep practicing things. If we want to get good at something, we have to keep doing that over and over again. That's what practice is. Well, I think a lot of the good stuff in life is stuff that we have to practice. We have to practice entering into joy. We have to practice entering into peace. Peace is a practice. And I remember the first time writing that, I was like, well, that kind of takes the pressure off of like needing to like <laughs> climb this mountain to peace. It's like, oh, it's it's more like a river in the wilderness. It's more of this this stream that flows through kind of like this landscape of life that we're always trying to navigate. And we get to practice coming back to that river over and over and over again. So that's yeah, how I- Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I was very struck as I mean, by the the metaphor, the river metaphor, because I I share it. My when I started a foundation to teach, promote my teachings and my books and all that twenty something years ago, I yeah. called it the One River Foundation. So this oh, this river wow. we have this this river mo- motif, you know, in common. Oh, and it seems that. to me that part of the practice is returning to the river, and the I guess it's, I would say the practice is the practice of surrendering to the river because the river wants to carry you and it and it can't if you are fighting it so there is this element of of i i use, I use the passive because i don't think i can control the idea of surrender but i can be surrendered by life by god by the mother by the the river itself whatever i can be surrendered to the reality and and find myself carried by it so it was a Powerful metaphor for me too. Um, there's, I found this thing in your book. It, it could have been <clears throat> a completely off the cuff throwaway line that you just wrote and never That's gave scary. it more thought. <laughs> Maybe I don't know, but for me, it was like what? And here's the the notion: you have this idea you share in the book that you, or you tell us in the book, that you keep a quote book, you know, like a collection of sayings that speak truth to you. And you call it, and this is the thing that got me, you call it your bibliography. And I thought, that is brilliant. Because I'd never, well, first of all, I never thought of it before, so it was new for me. And like I said, you may not have given a lot of thought, but I want to think, I want you to think about it now. And to talk to us about, and, and hopefully listeners will, will say, oh, I could do this, about creating your own personal bibliography. Like you read at the end of a nonfiction book, there's a bibliography, the source material. And here, it's not a bibliography of all the books I ever read. 
It's yes. a bibliography of the teachings that have shaped my life. Mm-hmm. So tell us how, how you think of doing yeah. this and how you actually keep your, your bibliography. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, a, a few years ago, I was reading a nonfiction book, and I flipped to the back, and I was looking at the bibliography, and I noticed that some of the authors that were referenced, I was like, oh, I've seen these authors in other books. And I was like, oh, they're kind of like a little community. I was like, these different authors show up in each other's books. And I was like, oh, isn't that interesting? I was like, I, I tend to think of, of, of you know, like, you know, when I talk about community, we often use like my community. And I'm like, I always think of that as like physical people in a room. I was like, but how, how neat would it be to kind of carry with me my own little personal community, my own little personal bibliography in this journal that I can just go back to? And I'm like, yeah, even though I haven't met a single person in this book, they are part of what got me here today of who I am. And how neat is that? That they took the time to write something that ended up connecting with me. Like there's a closeness there. And I'm like, I want to keep that with me. So I, I, I just called it that because I was like, yeah, it's kind of like my own little personal bibliography. I have this big journal. And every time I read a quote that I that I love, and, and I actually do have some in there from people that I met know in real life. One of them in there is is very short and it's from my community college professor in when I was sophomore year of school who said to me, Morgan, you're a poet. And that was the first time someone ever said that to me. Like I wrote a poem for an assignment and he saw within that, he's like, no, you should do something with this. And I have that in there as a reminder but then there are other quotes that I have that, I, that I've read in books, just like everyone else read them in books. Um, and I never met those people, but I call it my personal bibliography. And, and I wanted to include that because I was like, I think this is something that other people can do. Start to create this collection of, of, of storytellers and, and people's voices that have impacted you in a positive way. And you can just keep going back and reflecting, reflecting on it over and over again. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was just fantastic. I mean, a lot of people keep quote journals, but calling it a bibliography really spoke to me. And I was thinking that like, you know, like you said at the end of a nonfiction book, you have a bibliography, and a lot of it is you know, the the books that influence the book that you just finished. But we're talking about you're you're you know, talking about a bibliography made up of teachings from these other people. It's not just the name and a book they wrote. It's Mm -hmm. the quote from that text. And I was thinking of it as a, what if when you die, one of the things you leave behind, and I don't mean you personally, though, I mean all of us collectively, what if when we die, we leave behind to those we love as part of our, you know, whatever we leave them, our Mm -hmm. bibliography, here yes. are all the teachings, all the voices that made me who, or not all, but you know what I mean, who made me who I am. Mm-hmm. What, because all, all, I mean, I'm thinking of my, my grandson, he's heard my voice, but he hasn't heard all the voices that inform my voice. Mm-hmm. But if I had this to leave, he might, it's like, here's my, I don't know, 
I was going to say mind, but that's not exactly right. But, but here's, here's a dimension of me, all these voices that shaped me. This is my bibliography for you to have yeah. and to flip through and then to add or, or create your own. I think this is a tremendous practice that, that people should, should uh, take on. Yeah, it's, I, I totally agree because I, I think it just shows that, that we are, it's like we are ourselves, but, you know, we're also everybody else too. And we're connected to other people and in the special way. And, you know, I, I, as you, as you said that, you know, I, I think about my, um, my grandfather who passed away and I have some of his books and I have, I have his, one of his Bibles and he, my grandfather was, he was, he was, he was fluent in Hebrew and he would like write things like in Hebrew sometimes. And I'm just like, I, I wish I, I want to know more from like where this came from. Like I, I'm so drawn to it, you know, even though he's no longer with us, I'm so drawn to things that he would write and, and, and different verses and passages that he would highlight and why. And there's just so much depth there. And, and I find a lot of peace and comfort in that too. So, so yeah, that, that's actually, I mean, again, it's a podcast, but I'm smiling. <laughs> and I'm like, that's something I, I hope to pass on, you know, even if it's just subtle, you know, like, oh yeah, maybe, maybe someone after me will, will connect with this in some way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was really, like I said, I was really moved by it. Yeah, I'm sure you could find a local rabbi who would help you read what your, <laughs> <clears throat> what your grandfather wrote in Hebrew, if his, if his handwriting is, is readable. <laughs> so, Morgan, you, you close your book with a poem called Peace is Possible, or Practice Peace. You have that in parentheses. And I love the poem, but it's too long to read the whole thing uh, in its entirety. But if you're willing, I'd like to close our conversation with you reading the last three stanzas. So if, if you have those, read those to us, and then we'll bring this to a, a close. Yes. Practice peace by becoming who you were meant to be, by embracing the inner relationship between greatness and smallness. Life is ordinary and extraordinary all at once. Embrace the lifelong process of becoming by recognizing that every small breath is a part of something greater. With every inhale and every exhale, you are becoming. Practice peace by holding on to every little thing that reminds you that you are a part of something so much greater than yourself. Practice peace with hope by keeping an active imagination, allowing yourself to dream, continuing to believe that peace is possible. Our guest today, Morgan Harper Nichols, is the author of Peace is a Practice, an invitation to breathe deep and find a new rhythm for life. The book is due out in mid-February. You can learn more about Morgan's work on her website, morganharpernichols.com. Morgan, thank you so much for talking with us on the Spirituality and Health Podcast. And thank you so much for having me. I truly enjoyed this conversation.
You've been listening to the Spirituality and Health Podcast. If you like this episode, please rate and review us in your favorite podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share us on social media and tag us at SpiritHealthMag. You can also follow me on the Spirituality and Health website, where I write a regular column called Roadside Musings. Don't forget to subscribe to the print magazine as well. The Spirituality and Health Podcast is produced by Ezra Baker Truppiano, and our executive producer is Mallory Corbin. I'm Rabbi Rami. Thanks for listening. I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Mediumship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.